I think people want to give and they want to, you know, they want to go up to people on the street. They want to, you know, help out where they can. They just don't know where. And I think, yeah. like, I always finish all my talks with, like, there's never a right time to start. There's never a right time to do anything. Mm. So just do it. If it doesn't go to plan, it's all good. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. You know, whatever happens, if it, yeah. if it comes up short, then so be it. But you had a crack. And usually you'll find that majority of the time it, it's pretty special, whatever it is that you have a go at. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people, one of the 29 clan groups that make up the Eora Nation. We acknowledge the traditional owners who are connected to this land and acknowledge their unbroken connection and sovereignty to all the lands that now make up Australia. We extend that acknowledgement to all of the traditional owners connected to the country you may be listening to this podcast from. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Before we get into today's episode, we do want to warn listeners there is some content that could be triggering for some people. If there's anything that's brought up today that affects you, know there is someone out there to listen. Make sure you call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Hello and welcome back to When We Grow Up, the podcast where we ask where we've been to know where we're going. We're your hosts. I'm Marley Silva. I am Nico Hines. And today we are joined by a man who really doesn't need much of an introduction. He's someone who's captured the nation, captured the hearts of the nation, I should say, by running across the country. He's come in with a little bit of hostility. A bit of gusto. Uh, a bit of gusto is yeah. a perfect way to describe it. So I'm a little bit caught off guard, He's if I'm honest. very angry at us, Marley, and <laughs> yes. I think it's either your fault or someone else's, I don't know who, but <laughs> okay, well, it's definitely not mine because I don't organise this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's Ned up, Brockman, mate. I should say. G'day, Ned, guys. how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm very good. I'm as as you said, I'm quite uh, quite rattled because I'm very prompt. I'm very yeah. punctual with my timing, and uh, I thought we're a bit of a mix up. We're all good now. We're all yeah. Good. yeah, wise cross. I feel like I, I honestly feel like I. Molly's so rattled. You. Eh? I feel so yeah, I <laughs> upset that we were. From your eyes, late, I will stand by the fact that we weren't, but that's fine. It's all good. We're I'm, all over it. I'm glad that you've made the time. You're a very, very busy man. Um, first of all, how are you liking the setup? You're feeling good on the couch. It's good. It's like uh, Simpson-esque, like you're on The Simpsons. Yeah, fair. Okay. Yeah, I kind of like it. That's a good yeah. point. I don't think yeah. Has that ever that been brought yet? up? No. That's how I feel. It's like I'm staging a, I don't know, something like that. I like that. But yeah, I like it. It's good. No, it's good to be here. <laughs> I've uh, yeah, been, been stinging to, to get on the pod and have a chat. Yeah, awesome. Well, we start all of these conversations with our wins and challenges, reflecting on something that has happened during the week that feels really good and something that maybe has not felt as good. Nico, do you want to start? Before before you start, Marley, I want to give a little rundown and paint a picture of how Ned and I first met. Oh, go on then. Yeah. You're getting too fast into yeah, that's good. I like that. So, look, I've just been criticised so much already. As soon as with the introduction, I'm like, this is exactly what I get from Nico all the time. So I'm going to have two Nicos today. Marley, also, you- do you get do you start the pod with that every time? I thought it'd be like a repeated thing. You've done that really well. That's what Nico has Wait, asked for me yeah. to do. I right. just said, Fuck, why don't you just like <laughs> repeat it? Yeah, just seriously. Yeah. And she goes, no, this is how I get in my zone. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. I like anyway, it. Marley, can you just have a couple of breaths and take a sip of that water, please? And listen to how I met Ned. So, <laughs> GQ Men Awards. Yes. I was like very honoured to be invited to it, but I was like, fuck, do I do this? Like, I don't know what to do here. Like, it was a late thing I committed to and I was like, you know what? I'll go meet some cool people, get out of my comfort zone because it was definitely out of my fucking comfort zone. Yeah. And I remember rocking up and I walk in and I just went, wow, I don't know a single person here. And I was like, I don't think I rang Keely. I don't rang you or whatever. And I was like, fucking hell. I'm just here on my own. What do I do? Do I just go sit down? And then I stumble across. I keep walking through, went and I look around and then Ned comes walking his way with your missus. Yeah, with Jenna. She, you guys walk away. I was going, yes. <laughs> you look as uncomfortable as me right now. <laughs> oh, mate, I fucking stuck out like a sore thumb. Oh, when we shook hands and we just stood yeah, there for like, oh. the rest of the night. We're like, yes, I fucking got someone here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how Ned and I fucking first met. Yeah, mutual, mutual, mate. It was, uh, yeah, I was the same. I walked in there. I, I was still rattled from the run, to be honest. Yeah. It was like three weeks later. I was still having nightmares, still, you know, doing rogue things in my sleep. Dreaming about night um, road trains, <laughs> and then I'm, I'm rocked up to this thing. Like looking at all these people, just absolutely glammed up. I've got my Aaron Williams belt on, my Aaron <laughs> boots, and they're going, what, "What are you wearing?" I'm like, oh, "I don't know. It's a bit mix and match." <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah, that was fun. Nice to be back. It was Do you actually know what's funny. We actually met on the same day, but at separate occasions. 
Because we had that panel. Was that that, that morning? That was that morning there and then go, that eh? night. Yeah. So, yeah, it all comes full circle. Ours is a cool story. But yeah, yeah. So. When I ended up sitting on a table with Fish and uh, Chloe and fuck, it oh, was yeah. so funny. And yeah. you were on the table with the Inspired Unemployed boys. Inspired and Dill or and a few others. Yeah, it was, it was a fun night. It and one of the boys yelled night. out when Russell Crowe was talking, hey, and he got yeah, a little awkward. He's like, Russ, he's the goat, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one yeah. laughed. Nah, not a, you could hear a pin drop. It was so bad. All right, my win and challenge. I want to start with my challenge which was yesterday. I got a couple of challenges, but yesterday the main one was at, at Newcastle Stadium. I went and watched the team play. Part of my challenge is, you know, I wasn't able to put on the jersey yesterday and play because I had a little injury. But I was sitting there watching the girls' game and had a lot of fans yelling out to me, which is fine. I went and said hello to some of them. But I really just want to sit there and watch the game. I've been helping the girls out a little bit and I enjoyed just watching the footy. And then I ran back into the dressing room to go see how the boys were preparing and whatnot. I ran past the kids and one of the fans yelled out, oh, Nico, your dog. And I was like, I stopped and I looked back and I put my head back down the tunnel and I think, I don't know if it was the kid that was still sitting there. He goes, God, can you come sign this? I was like, no way, not after you just spoke mm-hmm. to me. And that's the first time it's challenged me really like fans saying something like that. Like mm-hmm. usually I'm, I'm really patient, but I just don't feel like that's acceptable whatsoever. And the kids these days are getting a really a lot. They don't use their manners. They're asking for a lot of us players and we sort of sometimes feel bad for not doing it, but we don't really need to do it. If they're not going to talk to us nicely and treat us with respect, then why do we have to do that back? Like, mm. Which I love interacting with the fans. I love it. I love because I always think of my younger self and how they would feel, myself mm-hmm. would feel with being around an NRL player or a famous person, whatever. But that's pretty unacceptable, I feel. Mm. Yeah. Getting called a dog for that's- going to see my team, you know. So I Absolutely. was like- by a little kid and like, what's their parents doing? Yeah, That's I completely so agree. Cool. Yeah. When you told me that earlier today, I just was like, far out. That makes me so wild. And you have so much patience with this stuff because I don't mm. think I'd be able to handle it. But Ned, I mean, I'm sure that you had this big explosion and have you had interactions with the public that have kind of rattled you or people just not respecting those boundaries? Um, I guess like probably with like Nick, it's a bit different. Like, you know, you've kind of – gradually been seen more and more and you put more you better you play the more you're seen and more people are getting behind you i ran being you know in cottesloe being relatively unknown into you know stopping the fucking nation or yeah. get, you know getting to bondi and it was just this moment of like you know being relatively unknown to like everyone knowing yeah and then this mullet was so recognizable and <laughs> it was like i you know I, I hadn't really processed it at all so like you know a week later or two weeks later i'm you know, the the trip I usually take to go to the grocery store or, you know, walking to the dog park used to be just a I could, you know, yep. do my thing, not have to care. I could get on a phone call and swear and go and be a you know, <laughs> whoever. And then all of a sudden I everyone's watching and they see that that guy with the hair. So, you know, it changed a fair bit. And I was when I would like say I was in Woolies, I'd just be, you know, shopping and I'd get like a, oh, are you going? I'd be like, yeah. holy shit. Like yeah, yeah. if that happened to me prior, I would have just turned around and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what's going on? But I had to get used to that. So, yeah. but with with what like I've done, there's no, you know, you've, you're playing against uh, 16 other teams, 17 other teams. Is yeah. that right? 16 other teams, 16, yeah. yeah. Where, you know, your, your supporters are so supportive of you, but everyone else is like, oh, fucking Nico, you know, like yeah. he's played and blah, blah, blah. Where like me, it felt like the whole team was with me. Yeah. And so everyone who felt a part of my run, it, that's all it is. It's just them coming up going, oh, I, you know, I was inspired or I was motivated yeah, or whatever. They just want to tell me their story. Yep. So it took me a bit of time to go through that transition of like, oh, they're here just whether they, you know, there's the people that come up and go, oh, can I get a photo? Rather than me like, hey, how you going? Yeah. What's yeah. going on? It's like, hey, mate, I'm Ned. How are you? Like, yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, chill yeah. out and yeah. sure, let's get a photo. But yeah, yeah no, it's been- uh, Rel- like relatively speaking, everyone's pretty uh pretty good. Yeah. 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 That's a that's that an interesting way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. You win. My win. What's well, a part of my challenge because obviously, like I said, I didn't get to play this week and I felt like I let the team down massively. But my win was getting to spend twenty four hours or thirty hours with Dykesy, who's <laughs> Kate Dykes is a player who'd done his ACL earlier in the year. Right. And he couldn't play a game this year and he's been coming away on our team chips because he's people who do the ACLs sort of feel like a part away, like a bit of apart from the team and they spend a lot of time themselves in the gym doing their rehab, a lot of time alone. So he's come away over the last few weeks and him and I roomed together because we were up playing and we got to go on our swims and just got to talk shit up to like midnight talking just about life and footy. It was just really cool because he's a really great guy and I love him and I respect him a lot and it was just cool to have a funny 24 hours with him and oh, nice. separate so from the good. team a little bit but 
like he's a really good guy and just mm. talk talk life. So that oh. was a good win. Sick. Oh, so like good. That. Marley? Little bromance. Up, Marley. Um, my challenge is something that I kind of anticipated a few weeks ago before the NRLW season kicked off that everything would get pretty busy and I like compartmentalise all the different moving parts of my mm-hmm. life and I've just realised in the last week that I have done something that I have a bad habit of doing when it gets busy and just gone I'll just ignore it until it becomes a problem so this is just like life admin stuff a few other parts of my job outside of my main job that I've just let drop and last night I was driving home from Newcastle up because I was up there too working the whole day thinking oh my god I didn't respond to this email this email this email oh my god am I ready to talk to Ned tomorrow Mm. and then we've come in red hot and we're late and I've stuffed it up and like the anxiety just went just thinking I feel a bit overwhelmed knowing that after this there's a lot of shit that I have to do today so that's a bit of a challenge but we'll get on top of it but it'll be okay and then my win was on come out of my main gig working at nine this week I had a really good feedback session with my main boss it's probably the first time I've caught up with him since I started doing sideline reporting and they're just really happy with the work that I'm doing and then I yeah got I guess a little bit rewarded yesterday in being able to have a go at the first men's game I've done with Channel 9 and not that I I very much see the women's game as just as valuable as a product and I don't see it as necessarily a stepping stone into the NRL I love working in the women's game but I know that a lot more people watch the men's so it was nice to do that I felt probably the most confident I've felt in this role since I started this weekend and I think I brought the best version of myself so I feel good so good what about you Ned so my challenge I think it's a I, I like to challenge myself all the time, like in quite intentionally. So when I get challenged unintentionally, it's kind of like nice yeah. in a weird way. But in saying that, some of my, I think like I've committed to reading every night and there's been a lot of times I've been like late in bed and, you know, when you just hit the bed and you're like, last thing you want to do is read. <laughs> so just like in terms of physical, I've been like, ah, oh, fuck, I've got to read 10 pages of this book tonight. It's like 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. No, surely not. Why didn't I just do it at, you know, 10 a.m. this yeah. morning? Uh, so that's been my challenge is like trying to just be good at, you know, putting in times, like doing things at the right time. I don't know what the word is. Mm. Um, discipline? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm fine with discipline, but like the actual scheduling and making yeah. sure I, yeah. you know, get tick the things off as opposed to trying to complete them all by the time we get to bed, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my win would be yesterday we, with the, the legends Puma. Uh, we uh, went and did a, a heap of people signed up to run with me down in Centennial Park because I got uh, Sydney Marathon up ahead and doing a few training runs. And there was you know two hundred legends that got picked to come down and run and all got shoes and kit and a hat and um, just like hearing everyone's story, mm. like how I inspired them to get up and get after it or whatever it was. Like there was people telling me they were sixty kilos since October because oh, they yeah. saw me run in. And they were like, this is fucked. I've got to change my life. Like if he, if he can do that, I can get up off the couch and start doing things. Wow. So the win was like hearing those people's stories and just giving them the time of the day to let that, you know, give them the platform to be able to go, you know, thank you so much. And that was that was really special. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's awesome. I so, yeah, that. that's my win. I think that is why you've, yeah, just remained in the forefront of so many people's minds and having been this just this guy out of obscurity who set that challenge. Mm. And I think that's really what we want to talk about today, obviously, all of us were following you along as you ran across the country, but who you really are and, and mm-hmm. how you got to this point. I mean, one of the things that freaks me out is that are you 24 now? Yeah, just, yep, yeah, 24. That, does that, it just feels like you're, you should be older. And I don't mean <laughs> this because you look older or anything, but no, no, it's no, just no, like, right. just to age a, poorly. <laughs> no, <laughs> but like, that just seems so wild to me. Like, because I think of even myself at like, I mean, I'm only, yeah, four years older than you, but it's like, to have achieved what you have in the last 12 or 18 months mm. is immense. And mm. then, yeah, you've got so much life to keep living. Yeah, I think, I think that's what's so exciting. I, I, I often question that too. Mm. Like part of me is like, why is it, you know, uh, people always go, you must be 30 or you must be whatever. Like mm. why are you speaking like that? How does mm. this go on in your head? And I think it's honestly because of throwing myself into those scenarios and just kind of going with it and seeing what happens. And then, like, I'm living those life experiences and all of a sudden I can now talk about it. But it's like, you know, when you're 20 to 24, usually you're out in the piss doing the things that, you know, all young people do. And it's like I don't drink. I don't, you know, I'm I'm very, like, 
I just want to find the best and mm. that's the best of myself and I think that's where it all just comes. Yeah. Amazing. I know we we're going to touch on it, probably will, but was there a time in your life where you're sitting home back where you're from and you just go, this is what I'm like, I need to be better or I need to do better or my mindset needs to change. Was there any moment where you remember where you just go, fuck, like this is what I want to do? Like, Yeah, you know? it was funny. I actually don't even know like what I want to do. In, in like two years' time, I still don't know what I want to do. Yeah. I just know that, you know, I'm working towards something and when I pick that, I'm going to do that one and then it goes again. Mm. It's just constantly evolving. I think that's the best thing. As people, I think we just need to evolve. Mm. We need to be better people. That's all That's all we're here for. Mm. We're not here to, you know, we're not put here. For, your purpose isn't different to mine. My yeah. purpose isn't different to yours. It's yeah. we're all here to evolve, be better people and give back. I, I genuinely think that's it. But, like, make the most of your time. And mm. I think for me it, it all started, I moved to Sydney. I was kind of like, you know, started my electrical apprenticeship, started my trade, and I was just, like, doing the, what everyone else does. It was very sheepy. But, I, you know, prior to that I was – at school, you know, I was probably challenged people a bit and I was always a bit trying to work out what is going on in my head, why are we doing all this? And then, yeah, I started my apprenticeship and I remember just being a bit overweight, a bit like just doing what everyone else does, drinking beers, eating pies, chocolate milk. Still, <laughs> chocolate milk, yes. Still a big one of my uh, staples, the old chocolate milk. And, <laughs> Same. <laughs> and, yeah, I was just like, what are you doing? I remember I got back after it was probably 10 months in my apprenticeship and I was covered in concrete dust. Saw myself in the mirror, like naked, about to have a shower. I was like, "What are you doing? Like mm. your body's symbolic of where you're heading. Like it mm. nowhere. Yeah. Let's let's do something about it." And then, yeah, basically, from that moment on, I was like, "Let's start training, get better, get healthier." And it all just evolved from there. Mm. Yeah, love that. I mean, you're just yeah of walking inspiration. The way that you talk and tell these stories and have those little words of wisdom already. I'm. Um, so glad we're getting to have this chat. We'll bring up the first photo that we've got of you. We get all yeah. of our guests to look at their younger oh, selves. Sick. And this good. is a cracker shot. So this is you as a little yeah. one with your on siblings and mum. It's a black and white photo. And you guys- It's a really nice photo. You right? and your brother are flexing your muscles. Yeah, maybe tapping my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, yeah, about this. This is where you grew up on the yeah, farm. Yeah, this is um at the back of our farm. We've got a fair few thousand acres. Dad and mum were, well, dad's been a farmer his whole life. Left school at 14 to work. Yeah, it's all he- you know, didn't really have an education, but knew he had to make money because he never came from it. And sold pigs up until, you know, up until 14. That was like his every Friday he'd be skipping school to sell pigs and <laughs> just try and make, you know. And so he worked just tirelessly. As we, When we were kids, like we didn't see dad a lot mm. because he was just out working all the time. And then mum, you know, mum was very isolated out in the farm. Like mm. we, you know, we live 60K from the nearest town, which is, you know, yeah. fair whack of a drive and yep. we were trying to save money so fuel wasn't really top of the mind. So mum was, yep. was just out, you know, caring for three kids. I think that was a big, big stress on her. But watching, you know, the way they sacrificed for us mm -hmm. for like years and years through drought, floods, through everything, you know, I think is a big kicker as to why I'm kind of the way I am today. But, yeah, that's my brother and sister. My brother's a builder and he's just moved back to the farm and then my little sister is uh, a gorgeous – she's a paramedic. She just finished her paramedics degree. And, yeah, she's working here in Sydney. But, yeah, they're, they're special people. So you've got a book coming out. Uh, when will it be released? 4th of October it's 4th out. 4th of October. Yeah. Well, we're very lucky because we got a bit of a sneak preview. A read. And, yeah, so your manager shared the manuscript with us and I was like – having a bit of a read through it to think about sort of questions for you and whatever. And I just found myself really kind of encapsulated in the words. I yeah, think yeah. the way that it's structured. So it's called showing up. Yep. I have to say, like genuinely, I, I said to Nico, like, this is really good. Like I really felt drawn into it because you have that mix of you reflecting on the days of your run, yep. but also reflecting on your childhood and, yep. and what's made you become who you are. Yep. And If you didn't know, Marley has wrote a book. I did. And I did a, indeed. She's a writer, so <laughs> she's going to be judging every word. I know. <laughs> no, it's a big, big ups for bloody that. <laughs> it's uh, definitely my kind of book. Like it, yeah. it's really you should be very proud. Thank you. But I was particularly, I love the way that you write about your mom. Yeah. Um, what a woman, can I yeah. say? And her, there's that 
chapter or, or section of it, which is sort of um, you've got little quotes that open everything and mm-hmm. one of them is about your mum saying don't come to me unless it's yeah. bleeding or broken and then I think you talk <laughs> about her other rule being you've got to be home before so, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Very cool. Like she seems and, you know, you talk about some pretty horrific stuff that she went through and mm. that her birth with you is like was so peaceful and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And I just, yeah, I love the way that you, you talk about your family and, and how much they've shaped you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's cool. As, as you said, it's like that, that you know, that was two rules was make sure don't come crying because, you know, so often kids are always like, oh, I fall over, cry and mum pick me up. Yeah. Mum was always like, do not come crying or complaining unless you're broken or bleeding <laughs> and make sure you're home before dark. And I think that inside killed her. She did not want to do that. Yeah. Obviously that protective part in mum was like, I cannot – let my kid go and do this. But how is your kid ever going to problem solve? How are they ever going to become more resilient unless they find their way through themselves? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. It was just like, go home. So I took that as fucking gospel. I was like, <laughs> I'd rock up, broken arm, bleeding, just like, you know, just absolutely cook myself all out in the farm, come back. Hey, mum, eyelid cut open or something ridiculous. But, yeah, just it just taught us, you know, she, it was a big thing on her to let it go. But, when she did it, it just taught us to be, you know, problem solve and find ways out of things that are tough mm-hmm. instead of, res- you know, relying on your parents to go and sort it out for you, which I think, you know, we're a very risk averse world at the moment. We I mean, always fucking perfect parenting, eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just let them go. Hard, and if, yeah. if they drop down, it's like pick yourself back up. You fell down. Throw in the deep end and fucking yeah. do your Get best. it, find yeah. your way. I love yeah. that. But yeah, like, and, and, and even now, it's probably, you know, parents probably get a bit of slack for doing that with all yeah. social media. It's yeah. like, if you're not picking, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Bad parenting. But it's like, you know, even my brother, he was a nut job up until, you know, seven or eight. Mum had him on a lead. <laughs> <laughs> Literally had him on a dog lead in in uh, like the supermarkets and she'd say, Logan, do not do that. And he'd go, I'm fucking doing it. <laughs> and so he'd do it. But I remember this is a, a, a proper story. Mum had him in the uh he was just running around grabbing lollies, eating them out of the um, woolies. And she's like, you come here. I'm going to smack I'm gonna smack you. He didn't. She's smacking the hell out of him right in the aisle of Woolworths. And these three older ladies like looking at him, looking at mum, smacking him down yeah. the road, down the aisle. She's like, turn him. Do you want him? Do you want him? <laughs> and they're like, no, we're good. Keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, no, nah, she's a tough woman. I'm very proud of mum. She's an amazing person. I love to yeah. hear that, eh? Hey? Like, that's, that's awesome to hear you speak about. Your family like that. I got a question. What yeah. that looking at that little Ned there? Mm-hmm. What do you, do you remember his first dream or what he wanted to do when you grew up? I think the the one I remember would be a pilot. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which is uh, funny. I, I was just fascinated by how planes flew and how you you know when you look at the cockpits, like how much is going on. That always fascinated me. Yeah. Like, but then I very quickly realized it just didn't want, didn't really tickle me fancy. <laughs> that was it. But I reckon that was the first proper like dream. And I, I like obviously had the footy and the soccer and all the sports we played. I was like, I want to be the best at that. I want to yep. be the best at this. But yeah, in terms of like, I remember that being a big one, uh, being a pilot. Yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. You said, yeah, you moved to Sydney when you were 20. Yeah, 19. 19. Yeah. And I wonder, like, having grown up in, in such a remote kind of environment, like you said, 60Ks from the nearest town, mm-hmm. just outside of Forbes, right? Just outside of Forbes, yep. yep. So, I mean, I'm born and raised in Sydney myself and I'm always fascinated by, like, what are the big kind of shocks to the system or differences and maybe even things you realise you're grateful for you got to experience growing up in yeah. more regional parts of New South Wales before you moved to the Big Smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only until you live in the place you're in that you realise what how good it was mm. where you were living. Yeah. You know, if all I ever knew was Sydney, it would be, that's my thing, I love yeah. Sydney, you know. But we had like you could run, you could go 20K on a motorbike to one end and you still wouldn't get to our pro- end of our property. Oh, so yeah. we just had like, like it's hard to explain to people unless you go out there. You're like, yeah. wait, this is all your property. And, you know, we'd chase like you'd be on motorbikes chasing animals around and, you know, doing things like marking calves and, you know, sowing crops and things and that was when we were 10 years old like we were we were driving trucks logan was driving it from eight i was i think i was nine or ten he holds that to me um but yeah you just do things that you know kids would never have the access to um in in the big cities but yeah when i moved to the city it's not that the city's bad i i I still like it but like it serves its purpose in that it's um you have access to so many things and if you are trying to do more and you know live your life to the fullest it is it is awesome opportunities to be in sydney but yeah, I t- I every probably six months I need a break and head back out to the farm yeah. and just like it's where I sleep the most, reset the most. It's just like so peaceful. 
I don't think I'll ever I'll live in Sydney forever. I think yep. it's just it has a means to an end. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it is a cool place too. Yeah. Absolutely. How does that that family right there looking at that? How do they treat you now of who you are? Exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they think it's weird. Like fuck, Ned, you get knocked for too many photos in the street, or you can't even walk down the street with you anymore. You know? Does yeah. That, I that's think weird? I I do find it fascinating. Even like I think it was always harder when I was trying to work it out myself. I think they didn't know how to feel when. I was still trying to work it out. But now I'm like, like, you know, I'm no different to that little kid. I'm and I never will be. No matter what happens in my life, how many people know of what I've done or like, you know, it's so much bigger than that. It's like, you know, I'm just living to them to the fullest and people want in on that. People want to be like, how can I do that in my life? It's not, you know, they're not looking at me going, Oh my God, amazing Ned. It's it's more just like I'm just living life to the best and as i touched on before i'm just evolving and trying to be the better best person i can be and like if i ever got you know if my feet weren't ever on the ground i'd be quickly slapped down by every one of those and dad. <laughs> yeah um and then like logan logan keeps me in touch pretty good that's yeah. good yeah you know that's that. what big brothers are supposed to that's do it. right yeah we'll go to the next photo and i think this is sort of okay oh yeah so this is you playing rugby yep and i think that yeah, this is, works quite nicely into what you were saying about like people just want to. Which one are you? I'm in the middle at the back so you're screaming. Oh, yeah. Behind lamp, yeah. Because, yeah, another thing that you talk about in the book is the fact that you're not an athlete, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah. And people, I'm sure, are really shocked by that aspect, that mm-hmm. you're just someone who is an av- like regular person yeah. who set the challenge for yourself. Mm-hmm. When you look back at like the sport you played growing up, are there mm-hmm. things, lessons that you learnt doing that in those challenges that have led to you being this running? Yeah. Person. I think like, you know, I was never that great at any sport really. Like I was always average. I was just like, you know, I'd get picked in the first 15 or I'd get picked in like the A's kind of just. Like it, was, yeah. it wasn't like a shoe in And the same with rowing. I was never in the top bow, but I was in like the top eight. If I was to row in, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't in the top squad or anything. It was always like, I'm always got the carrot in front of me dangling, <laughs> but I just never grabbed it, you know. And I think that was what made me who I am it's not that I got picked in things it was that I actually didn't and that that drive and that you know continually getting told you know just not good enough you're just not good enough and I kind of love that and I always knew there'd be a part whether it's like I always knew there was a bigger picture than school I know it's very easy to go oh school's like the sport you're playing is the be all and end all in the moment this is it Mm -hmm. but out of that I always I always knew there was something more like out of school or out of you know, there's bigger picture things like in life. So when I didn't get picked, like, like I played first 15 and I played, you know, in, in in these teams and it was really cool, but it was always, it was never like, oh, I'm amazing because I play in the first 15 now. It was always like, I'm still just as, the best thing I ever heard at a rugby um, lunch was like, it was actually Robbie Deans, you know, Robbie Deans. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. talking about his son not getting picked in the first 15. And he kept saying to him, it's one man's opinion, mate. It's one man's opinion that you're not in there. And then he finally got picked and he was showboating about it and goes, Dad, I got picked in the first 15. He goes, it's one man's opinion, mm. mate. Yeah, yeah, okay. And that was like, like that, eh? yeah, yeah. It's, um, it was always like you're only as good as, you know, you're not, you're not anyone better because you're in that. And I, I think that's something I've tried to live through and that's what I was touching on before is like I'm not any better because I've run across Australia. I'm still the same kid. Mm. I'm just doing things that excite me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I- I find it so fascinating how we touched on it before, how you speak about, you know, you're only 24 and you've found your mindset and you found your mind strength and your discipline. And mm. I guess I've just been thinking like you must have just grew all that being on the farm because you had to work from a young age. And what about in high school? Did you have that mindset of like, you know, you, do you know how you say you want to be challenged every day? Mm. Like, did you have that then? Or did you, is that when you looked in the mirror that day, is that when you're like, now I want to be challenged? Like, yeah, I don't think, I think like my personality has always been the same. I don't think I've had the, like that mindset of like, I've got to be better. I've never, I don't think I've had that. I've only had that for like the past four years or okay. four to five years. Yeah. I didn't have, I mean, I, I loved the idea of being told no, like mm. I couldn't do it. And that's like, that fucking fired me up more than you can ever imagine. Like people saying, no, you'll never get in there or you'll never – like I love that. I really fueled off that negative yep. energy. But even like the, there's, there's farm kids I know who aren't mentally tough. Yep. It's, I, think it's, I think it comes down to my parents. Yep. Regardless of whether we grew up on a farm or not, it was just that they coupled the farm with the way they were parented. Mm-hmm. parented. And yeah, and then even in high school, it was never like – I never sat there going, right, I'm going to wake up, have a cold shower because that's fucking tough. Yeah. It was – 
I was never consciously getting uncomfortable. So I was equipped, you know, it was like, I think it was happening without me knowing. Mm -hmm. And that when I was doing it, it was like, what is this? Trying to, you know, work it all out, trying to reflect. And I I didn't do that. But now I think I reflect so much. I go, well, actually this is, these are pivotal moments. You know, Mm -hmm. these actually shape me to be where I am now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, sorry, I feel like if I got in the teams that I, you know, everyone was in, Mm -hmm. it just like, Probably it would be oh it's easy I don't have to work for anything you fall into like this false sense of and that just it just never happened for me it does make yeah. so much sense I was going to chat to you a bit later about reflection because mm. I, I agree like certain moments like you're subconsciously learning you're thinking and then when you're reflecting back on certain moments you're like oh okay that's probably what has shaped me to yeah. be a bit mentally tough compared to other people yeah so what about like when you started when you looked in the mirror that day of your concrete whatever yeah. you, where you would how you're wearing or how you're dressed. Yeah, naked. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> did you start listening to podcasts or did you have a mentor or someone that helped you gain that sort of mindset or did you just saw just go, no, nah, this is fucking how I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it my way? You know, it was actually like being in Sydney and around people being fit and being like pushing for work, like being good at work or being, you know, best businessman or whatever it is. I kind of saw that a lot and I was – involving myself with all these you know whether i was going into these people's houses as a apprentice sparky going how do these people like what is it that makes them people have this like what like i'm very inquisitive and i was always like why why is people training why are people you know at the top of their game and i found i was like yeah trying to consume that and trying to be like yeah and then basically just went and it was kind of you know all these people on podcasts and stuff i was hearing like about mental toughness and you know, what is this? What's this thing people are training? And then, you know, like obviously you heard of Goggins and I, I never really took too much Goggins in. I always was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. But it was a bit too much for me. Like, yeah, he's a bit. Very yeah, American. Yeah. Very, yeah, very just like, yeah. And, but yeah, I just started. And, and when, when I saw myself and I was like, I think I just found like, when I started running, I was like, okay, you've run that distance. Now try run further. Okay, couple that with eating well, oh, you're starting to feel good. And this like compounding of like what I was doing just started to make me go, well, fuck, where does this stop? Where yep. where can I take this? And then, yeah, running was just the thing and we, the tool I was using to find this. Mm-hmm. It was never like, I'm a runner, fuck yeah, I'm going to go do this. It was like, I, I fucking hated running and I mm-hmm. still don't really love it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a great tool and I'm, I've found I'm pretty okay at it, you know. I can, I can manage it fairly long run and recover pretty quick so i was like why not use that as the tool to get uncomfortable yeah and that's kind of how it all happened it was never like there was no one moment where i went it kind of just evolved and compounded and then all of a sudden i was you know waking up at 4 a.m to train for an hour before i went to work and then i'd rock up at work at 6 30 and go you know i'd be like fucking in everyone's face like what are you doing everyone's having a you know a can of v and a <laughs> diary before work <laughs> that was like i'd won that too i'm like well oh, well they're not really prioritizing this so it was just like Felt like I was always winning, mm. even though I wasn't racing or trying to beat anyone. I was just playing against myself. Mm. That's so impressive because, like, I feel like I've had a similar mindset, but then I hide my mindset guy because I always had demons in my brain and that was stopping me and holding me back. And so I hired my mindset coach, and now I feel like I've got a great mindset, mentally tough and whatnot. Yeah. But for you to find that yourself and being able to challenge yourself, like I've had to go find why things work in my brain and why like I didn't do this or didn't do that growing up and why this impacted me so much and it's so fucking so impressive that you've just done that yourself and you've been able to just get up every single day and win it without even like having to talk to anyone about it or yeah. someone walk you through it or mentor you like it's fucking really impressive yeah like, thank I, you I, I, I was just saying out there to one of the boys I was like you know I think a lot of the time we just dive headfirst into things and don't really reflect on why we just go and I think a lot of people could do with a bit of self-reflection Obviously not too much of it, but I think there's like, you know, now I, I do a fair bit of keynote speaking, a bit of few potties, and it is the perfect way to self-reflect. Like you can journal and write and do all these things, but you know, I'm I'm up on stage. My first keynote in February is wildly different to what I do now. Yeah. But I go up and I talk about, you know, I remember being five minutes into one keynote and I had a brain fart for fifteen seconds in front of four thousand people. <laughs> and I'm but what actually happened was I'm saying this thing I think I'd I'm telling them, you know, that is important. And I'm like, why am I telling them that? You've had this time to reflect and go, no, this is actually what's important. Mm. And so I remember being up on stage just going like, hold up, and having these reflective moments going, oh, no, this is what I'm actually thinking. Mm. So I went, oh, okay, guys. 
So now, and that's those moments are the like most powerful reflecting because I get to like live in it all the time. I'm like reliving what I've done and like get to talk about it. And it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I really agree with you, Nico, that that's so rare. I think that self-motivation is probably a big part of why people are so often asking you like, what's the secret? What's the secret? Yeah, yeah. Because you can't, I don't think you can be taught that. Like, yeah, I think that sometimes it can be about unlocking it. Like it was for you, Nico. I think that was similar for, for me. Like I knew that what I wanted to do and always being really ambitious and just giving it a go and not being afraid of failing mm. is something that I can definitely relate to, but yeah. I similarly had to <laughs> go through some, you know, pretty hectic and, and tough conversations. So that's why you inspire people, I think. Yeah. The next photo we have is is one of the iconic ones. And it's just you kind of like hunched over and it's a very like beautiful shot. But yeah. I yeah, I wanted to get into to the run itself now. Not necessarily, like I said, in the book, like when it's out, everyone should be reading that because yeah, yeah. those reflections on sort of the day and and that being the really like tough moments of mm. almost breaking mentally and, and all that sort of stuff. But you're almost is it is it twelve months now since you left on the run? Yeah, shit. Uh, three days, twelve months. Yeah, in three days. So far out. Like, it's what a hectic, year. mate. Oh my god, I just like don't even understand how. Like, I don't, I don't even know how this is all. Just, <laughs> it just feels like I've just been on this like trajectory. It's just, it's so mental. Yeah, it is so mental. It is. It is so mental, and it's going to be a, I think, a moment in, like, national history. Like, the, this is yeah. something that so many people got on board with hmm. was there a point at what how many days in did you realize holy like people are really giving a crap about this you know what the second last day yeah i think you know uh, you know instagram was blowing up things were like you know taking off and there was news articles and you know everyone sharing it and i was like still was like that's not enough to wake me up and go again because mm. you know I, I would touch on it, but I'm not I'm not a runner. Mm. Just a dude that's going I'm fucking run across Australia. And if someone <laughs> can run 100k a day, why can't I? It was never like you know this is a dream of mine. I've been thinking about this for 10 years. It's just like I woke up one morning and went I'm going to do this a year out, and then we trained and didn't really train great for it, but I had bared the cost. It would the the price I had to pay to. I was fully, I had fully accepted the price I had to pay to get across the country. Mm. Like the injuries I had to go through, the mental state I had to go through, I, had, I was prepared to pay that. Mm. So whatever threw itself my, threw itself my way, I was, I was ready to cop it. And so, yeah. And then, uh, so that mindset, you couldn't take me out of that. No matter how many people got on board, how much things were going on around what I was doing, it was just like, I need to run 100K today. That's all it was. Mm. And then so probably the second last day I finished, I ran 114K on that second last day. And I remember just being like, we've only got 60 fucking kilometers to go. Yeah. 60 kilometers. And I'm like looking at my phone and Albo commented on my fucking post. <laughs> Did he? Like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, this is grabbing some serious heat. And then, uh, yeah, and then it was just like that final day, it was like I still had 60K to run. Yeah. Like that's a daunting yeah. prospect for a lot of people. And I'm like following maps on my phone and like, you know, the Batuta boys, they're like posting stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, like what is happening? Yeah. So probably till that second last, last day, I didn't really even realize. And then when I obviously ran into Bondi and saw that, it was like, oh shit. Yeah. Did you- um, This is a moment. Yeah. yeah. Did you, so at the end of every run, when you were at home, or where, well, not home, but wherever yeah, yeah. you were sleeping, so, yeah. did you look at the Insta and social media just so that that keeps you going, that pumps you up for the next day? It or? actually didn't at all. Didn't really? Enough. It was, okay. you know what, those- I, that was me that wrote every single post on every single yeah. night yeah. because I wanted people to know exactly what I was feeling. Yeah. I didn't want mm. someone to go, day 11, Ned's done, big day today. Mm. I wanted it to be like, day 11, my leg's fucked. You know, I am feeling this. Like this is, you know, just pouring my heart out. Mm. As soon as I'd post it, phone's gone. Yeah. I didn't care. It was whatever yeah, happened yeah. and I'd wake up. You know, I'd, I'd check it throughout the day. There's hardly any service anyway, but yeah. I'd check it throughout the day and, you know, be like, oh, this is cool. He's doing this or someone said this or, mm. you know, someone's just went through labor and they kept saying get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like that stuff was yeah, like, this is cool. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, as like an external motivator, the Instagram and and the idea of me blowing up was never a, never even a factor. It didn't even, yeah. not one part of me cared. Mm. And 
but that's what made it so special. And that's why so many people were down in Bondi because yeah. it was never about me. Yeah. Mm. It was always about what I was doing and who was who it was helping. Yeah. 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 Did you ever have anyone like join you like Forrest Gump when you were running? I actually put out a fair bit of like a lot of people got quite upset that I, they couldn't run with me, but I was like, it's oh, it's selfish, this and that. I put it out there because it was, it was dangerous. But plus also, I've got to focus on running 100K a day. You think I want to learn about your life story? No. Yeah, that's true. Like, this is your moment. It's not yeah, mine. It's yeah, like it's your moment. Yeah. You know? yeah. Let's not let's not sugarcoat this, mate. Like, and a few times people rocked up and I was like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, we've got to, we've got to cull this yeah. because I, I need to focus on yeah. this each step because it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we, we a few people were upset, but it, most people understood. I, I probably should have told you before, but you've probably answered all these questions a lot, but I haven't, I've wanted to – get to know you and your story by being on this podcast. So I haven't I haven't listened to any of your podcasts, oh, so I don't see. really know much about it. So that's yeah. why I'm probably asking the same question. No, that's good. So I like I wanted, it. I wanted to hear it properly from your voice. So I, like I apologize. No, don't. I, I think that. it's much yeah. better when you do it like yeah. that. Yeah, 100%. You know, it makes it more special. Like you said, the Prime Minister's commenting on things and, and all that sort of stuff. In Hamish Blake wrote your fo- the forward, forward to yeah. the book, which – I mean, that made me fangirl. Like, yeah. I'd be losing my mind at that. But, um, and you've had so many, you know, I'm just like a big fan he's of his man, and his yeah, wife. Was there anyone who, like, really blew your mind, like, in terms of, you know, high profile people? We saw you up there on stage singing some songs. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what of those kind of, like, just bizarre, I can't believe this is my life moments have been. Please like- tell me Margot Robert did not reach out to you. Nah, she didn't. <laughs> uh, Miley Cyrus, if that happened, if Miley Cyrus did that, I'd, I'd wet myself. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, Full pass? This is, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Gemma knows it. <laughs> it's really funny. Like, give me five years ago and you said, you know, you're going to be up on stage singing with Jimmy Barnes. You're going to be, you know, at the UFC with Adesanya hanging with, like, you know, do, doing these things, I, I would have gone out like, and, and you know, if it, I knew it was going to happen, I, I would have lost my mind. Yeah. GQ Awards with Nico Hines. Yeah. GQ Awards, Nico <laughs> and the Inspired Boys, life-changing life moment. But there's there came a point where I felt like, I want to I make this, I want to preface this being like, it's not, not no, no arrogance, no anything about this. It's It's just that, I felt what I was doing garnered, if it, regardless of whether it garnered the attention of someone with social status, with status, or someone who's just the Joe Blow from Forbes, it was all warranted because what I was doing was so fucking rogue. Mm. And so, like, it touched everyone. And regardless of whether you're known or you're not, it still touched people. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't. Like even when, go, oh, you know, you recognise all the time. It's like I'm still me in the same way Hamish is still Hamish. Mm. And Izzy, like I, I sat down with Adesanya and, and interviewed him in his house in Auckland. Yeah. I'm sitting down with this guy I've idolised talking just like, yeah, this is always going to happen. Mm. Like I, I, this might sound weird, but like I, I dead set picture these things and go, this this will happen in time. This is going to happen. I have no doubt. And I, whatever way that is. And I remember in the lift in Izzy's house. I remember saying- The lift. lift in his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, in, in the unit complex oh, okay. or his house. Yeah, let's uh, I'm not giving too much away. Yeah. Is he, sorry, is he? But I remember being like, it was an energetic moment. We're like staring at each other and I was like, this is always going to happen for me wow. and I know you don't know this yet, but you will at some point. <laughs> and he just like his whole body gets goosebumps mm. and he goes, oh, shit. And like it was like that, but I know he's had those moments in his life mm. and we're all like we're all in it together. As I said at the start, it's like there's- no one's higher or lower than anyone. We're all just trying to be better. We, we should be trying to be better. Yep. And if you're not, you're wasting your opportunities. And so, yeah, like regardless of whether I'm singing with Barnsley on stage or I'm, you know, hanging with people that were so touched by it, it's like it's all just as special as each other. Yeah. Yeah. And now you you did it for Homeless? Homelessness, yep. So a little story on me. I, uh, I thought I was the legend when I was about 13 years old. I yep. flew back from Queensland. And mum and I, and it was the first time I've really experienced seeing homeless people. And I went and gave five bucks or so I was dropping some money into the homeless people when they were sleeping and I put it on my Facebook status. Yep. And I was like, I feel like a legend. You know, I feel really good about myself. I'll give some money to homeless people. And, and then re- the point is like, I thought I was a legend doing that. Mm. What drove you? Why homeless for, for, for starters? Mm-hmm. And for you to go, like me thinking I'm a legend giving five bucks to a homeless, like you've just done the, all this for homeless people, right? Mm. 
So why why homeless people? What has something touched you in your life to do it for homeless, or is it just something you've just seen and just go, this just should not happen in our day to day life? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like I again in the same way we talk about Hamish, mm. the same way we talk about Joe on the street, mm. the exact same people. Mm. Yeah, there's no you know given five bucks to Hamish or given five bucks to him, very no difference. I was fascinated that I could have parents that I could rely on. That if my job as being a sparker didn't go to plan, if uni didn't go to plan, if whatever didn't go to plan, I could go, hey, mum and dad, I need a, I need a bed. They go, no worries. Yeah. Why is it these people on the street, when I moved to Sydney, I saw them, I was like, why is it that these people don't have that? Mm. Why can't they have someone? Why isn't there someone there for them? What's happened? Mm. You know, we're the lucky country. We're, we're so, you have access to fucking everything. If you want to go well, you can. Why is it these people don't? There's 126,000 or something homeless people in Australia at any night, which is a shocking number mm. and yeah and i i would every single tuesday when i'd walk or run or bike into tafe i would see you know six or seven homeless people and yeah i was like i need to help and i was in, felt inclined there was just something that happened every time i drove past i, like, I have to help but it was always this how do i how do i help mm. um and i remember ringing up mum, and she said exactly what i just told you it's like we're all the same go mm. and speak to them just the way you would if you saw nico in the street go speak to them yeah and yeah that's what i did i went up and spoke I, you know, I, I, how, how are you? That's all they want to know. Like some of them just want to feel like they're not invisible, you know, mm. they just dead set. They get walked past by a thousand people. No one acknowledges them. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I went up. Hello. How are you? What's your name? Dave. How you going, Dave? Blah, blah, blah. Do you want some food? Do you want some money? Do you want some uh, hoodie? You know, and I, I was throwing out fucking hoodies, three hoodies a week. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's just like, I gotta, I gotta do more than just what I can do. You know, I was, wasn't earning much and I couldn't really justify giving because I would then be putting myself in a hard, hard place. And then, yeah, I just was like my running and everything was starting to get a bit nuts. And I was like, let's just fucking put them all together. It was never the homelessness run. It was always, I want to do this. I want to inspire. But in turn, I know people are going to want to help. Yeah. So put it towards this because I'm, this affects me and yeah. I want to help it. Yeah. And that's, that's how it all came about. And that's, you know, there was 37,000 people donated for this run across Oz, wow. which is like mental numbers. And the largest donation was $10,000. And that was Adesanya. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, it, it it touched so many people. It was no big corporates. It was no, it was like, oh my God, I got to help. I had mates donating three times. Mm. I was like, you know, just people felt so a part of it. They went, we've got to give mm. somehow. And this is what we're given to. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause yeah. like there's been so many times where you, obviously you're a much better person than I am, but like I've, I've wanted to do that. I've wanted to like go and speak to him, but I just get too scared. And yeah. it's just ridiculous me thinking that. And I've always wanted to like see a movie of where they are, go up and they bring a homeless person into the into their house and they bring them up and tell a story of, of a homeless person. I've wanted to see a real life version of that and mm. just to see what they've actually been through to why they've got to that position, yep. why they don't have family that care about them and how they've ended up living in that fucking street. You yeah. know? And I've got an exciting thing on that. So through the money we've raised yep. through Mobilise, there's 12 people matched with a job, housing for six weeks through the money we've raised through oh, Toll Global Express. That's great. Toll, a team Global Express who were a sponsor of my run. They've got on board and they're going to employ 12 people wow. and they're going, to, they're going to do a doco on their journeys. Really? Yeah. So it's, it's fucking, oh, it's like in real life time, yeah. this money is changing lives, getting wow. off the street. So well done. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty special. Pretty That's special. unbelievable. Yeah. Here I was when I was 13, thinking I was like, man, like I said to mum <laughs> no, that day, I was like, mum, when I make the NRL one day, I want to build like a homeless shelter. Mm. And I've thought that, but he's just put it all into place. <laughs> so. no, no, well it's done, good. Eddie. No, thanks, mate. <laughs> thanks, mate. But it's all relative and people yeah. need to, I think people want to give and they want to, you know, they want to go up to people on the street. They want to, you know, help out where they can. They just don't know where. And I think yeah. like I always finish all my talks with like there's never a right time to start. There's never a right time to do anything. Mm. So just do it. If it doesn't go to plan, it's all good. It'd be great. Yeah. You know, whatever happens, if it, yeah. if it comes up short, then so be it. But you had a crack. And usually you'll find that majority of the time it, it's pretty special, whatever it is that you have a go at. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. I yeah. think that, you know, yeah, Congratulations of what you've achieved there because I think often like mo the average person does wish they could make a positive change mm. and to see it actually come to fruition like that is really incredible. I also think, you know, at the time when you were getting to Bondi, I think, Nico, you were in America. I was getting on a plane yeah. to go to Europe and 
I just remember like everyone I know was in Bondi otherwise and it was all over social media and it was all anyone was talking about. Everyone was talking about Ned up until coming to Bondi. And I remember reflecting on it on my plane ride to London thinking Mm. this is because right now in this moment our world, our society needs messages of hope, needs to see that through the darkness, through the horrible things that we've seen in the last couple of years, you know, just in terms of our, you know, mental health or collective Mm. mental health whatever, we need to see something that makes us feel good and that's what you provided and it's going to have this continued ripple effect I think for a long time. As you said, actually when we first met last year you were saying I'm doing my first keynote in a couple of months and you're a bit worried about it and whatever and you're obviously just smashing it. And is that a big part of your your plan and your focus for the next, say, 12 months? Are you going to keep doing lots of speaking or, or what's the the focus for you? My – like I keep touching on I sound like a fucking broken record, but my goal is to just live as much as I can. Yeah. Is live as, as whole and as much and as viciously as I can. Mm. And so like the keynote, you know, you don't run across Australia so you can be a keynote speaker. No. You don't run across <laughs> Australia so you can be – a sponsored athlete you don't run across australia so you can be known you don't like for me i ran across australia because i wanted a challenge and i wanted to see what i can do and i wanted to bring people along to help and so off the back of it like yeah there's the ability to you know i was working 48 hour weeks and then training either side to go run 100k a day across a nation like it was not a great way to fucking train right like elite athletes are you know, that's their full-time job to go and do that thing that they're planning on, you know. And it was it was a cowboy operation. And so now I've given I've, – I've got the awesome opportunity. Like I don't have to work as a spark anymore. Mm-hmm. The keynotes helped that. And, you know, by the end of this year, I, I'm already starting to go, right, no more keynotes, no more anything because yeah. I need to focus on this next thing I want to do because that's going to consume all my time, energy, everything mm-hmm. to get this done. But I just want to – every two years, if I can – Feel that feeling I got when running into Bondi. Not that the the people was what made that special. It was that like what it took for us to get to Bondi. Mm. That's what made Bondi so special. And so if I can feel that feeling again five or six more times, I think that's a pretty good recipe for a good life. Yeah, Jeez, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? And I think that that's also something that makes you unique because I think, and this is not to criticise, those kinds of people who've done something amazing, but it's easy to just go recycle the same story for 20 years of being yep. on the speaking circuit. But mm-hmm. this is, yeah, so true to the person you're describing yourself to be. Even my keynote, it's like I don't get up there and I know that people want to hear about how I got across Australia. Yeah. But, you know, of a 45-minute keynote, 35 of it is not even a single word about running across Australia. It's about evolving, be a better person, you know, be good people, good people give, you know, like – we're only here for fuck all of the amount yeah. of time. We're here, you know, we blink, we're 24. You blink, you're 28. Nico, how old are you? 27. 27. <laughs> we, you know, we're just so like, we think we're going to be here forever and we 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 are so, you know, hesitant on doing things because for, you know, the fear of what, you know, oh, we'll just try it next time. But it's like there might not be a next yeah. time. Just like that's my, that's how I live. I don't, and I couldn't care for being known. I couldn't care for money or anything i just care for living so in the moment and and just making the most of it like i walked down the street today just like smiling at everyone because you know like <laughs> like you know what i mean like we're just we're all in it together like just enjoy it there's no I know, I'm, I'm getting a bit fucking spiritually but it gets like it gets like that for me i'm just like i just want to make the most of each day why be miserable why be upset about your scenario it's like, i love that everyone needs to hear that yeah We're all in this together. I think that's such a. There's yeah. so many gold nuggets that people are going to take out. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to lock them in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Like, so good. This is probably going to be the first podcast I listen back to. Oh, that's so a can, big, yeah. big thing. He's never listened back to an episode. <laughs> that's good. That's <laughs> Mostly because you don't like listening to your own voice or whatever. But <laughs> and I hear your voice enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before I throw to Nico for our last question, we always ask, I mm-hmm. guess, on a practical level, how are you in terms of your body? Because I yep. know that Love it's been that very hectic in some of the, yeah, building everything back. Mm-hmm. You're back to full health, able to to move without pain? Uh, fuck, I haven't moved without pain for about four years now. <laughs> um, I think like, I think the answer to that is no, but I don't think I'll ever get to 100%. I think I will be, you know, you'd know 
being an athlete, you're never really at your best if you were something's wrong. <laughs> like yeah. you're not you're, you're, you're sitting out too much. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I don't know. I'm just like, I think if I get to 85 percent, I'll be ready to go for the next thing because it's uh, it's inevitable. I'm going to get injured again. Mm. I'm going to run on injuries. It's like, how do we get the most bulletproof body to then go again? But you know, I've had you know in terms of actual physical things like feet. Feet have been a big thing for me. Like it's almost like your body will withstand as much as it possibly has to while your mind's telling it to keep going. But as soon as you stop and as soon as you're trying to get back into it, it's like, don't you fucking do it again. So it'll just like <laughs> niggle here, niggle there. Then you're like, oh, am I actually in pain? Is this actually, or is this mindset, you know? So it's uh, it's been a fun little battle. And like, you know, my hormones and just like, I was so out of whack when I finished. I was, I had not slept. My like adrenal would have been on overdrive. Like we had a lot of, you know, a lot to work through, but I'm, I'm pretty yeah, good now. I'm running Sydney Marathon in September 17th. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We've got, a, we've got a fair bit up ahead. But, yeah, September next year, I should be good to go for my next thing. So, yeah. Wild, wild stuff. After – it's going to be a bit of a weird question, but after your run, you said you weren't normal for a while. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to have sex? <laughs> I think we're pretty. I think we're pretty. Then. I think we're pretty into it pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a few cracks on the run, actually, from the run. <laughs> <laughs> Hope Gemma's okay with yeah, you talking yeah, about it. She's that. fine. She loves it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you ask that, you dickhead. All right, Nico, last question. I reckon question. the listeners were wondering too. Yeah. yeah. So last question I asked everyone, this is a bit of a reflection, but so you know, the little kid that was on that first photo, mm-hmm. if you're standing in front of a mirror and you're looking at the other side and it's not you but you're looking at, it's your younger self, mm-hmm. and what would he be thinking of you right now? He'd be fucking proud. I think I think regardless of what I've done, I think, I think he'd be proud because- He'd know I was always going to go and do things that whatever it is, wherever the door opened that led me down whatever path, I'd still be proud. Yeah, I think like, I don't know, I don't think you'd think I'd be a runner, <laughs> um, which I, I don't define myself as. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think I think proud's the biggest word there mm. in that I don't, and I, I am proud and that's why I'm, I accept to come and talk and do these things because like, if I wasn't, it would be a hard thing to be able to, get, like, you know what I mean, go and run around a park with 200 people or, mm. you know, it, if I wasn't, it would not feel right. So, yeah, I think I think proud's the biggest thing there. And would you give him any advice or anything you'd do differently? I wouldn't change a thing. I, I would just, I think just like just grab every opportunity and if that opportunity doesn't bring you anything after a certain amount of time, just on the next, on the next. And that's, as I keep touching on, just making the most of every day because – you have no idea when when it could be it. I love that. And before yeah. you go, Marley, finish us off. I just want to say, like, I know you do so many podcasts and so many interviews and that. And I was sort of like, fuck, what? How do we do it different, Marley? Because I know I, I'm not a, probably the level you've done with all these interviews and podcasts, but <laughs> I know telling my story over and over again it gets a bit like, Ugh. but you do it because you want to inspire people, right? And I just want to thank you from mm. like the bottom of our hearts. Like I know how hard it is and how busy you are, and just getting up and talking and hearing your own voice all the time. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like so many, so many gold nuggets. Like I said before, that people can take out of this and get in, inspired by, and hopefully can get out of it off their bed and off the couch and go and kick goals in life. And that's why we're doing this podcast, right? Because we want to yeah. inspire next generation of people and. Like you've just inspired me. Like I've had goosebumps mm. this chat and you're a really, really impressive guy and, you know, I appreciate everything you do for people and, and in life in general and, yeah, you've really inspired me now. Thank and you, I want to go have a great final series <laughs> now. But, okay. um, when you win the premiership, you've got to thank Ned. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean that and this is like I don't often sit here and say this much to a lot of people but that's this has been a great chat and I really do appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate that coming from you, mate. So, I, uh yeah, I mean, again, I don't, I don't do it for. It's not for me to feel yeah. like I'm doing. It's just, yeah, I, I really appreciate. But you can that. tell that, like, yeah, you're genuine, so and, genuine, and people can look at it and go, "Oh, yeah, whatever." He's doing it for the limelight, but you can tell when people are really, really genuine in how they talk, and you're really that right now, and you're not doing it for any of it, any of the kudos or nothing. Yeah. You're doing it. You're just a small country kid who wants to make a fucking difference in life, and, and you're it. doing that. So, thank you. Your family should that. be. Everyone should be really proud of you. And I, yeah, I love it. It's a great yeah. story. No, yeah. it's uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm 100 percent back. Whatever everything that Nico just said, it's I'm going to be saving a lot of those little quotes that you've given us today too, um, and really appreciate you making the time. I'm so glad we could make this happen. So so good. Are you, are you a country music fan? Love country music. Did you get mate. to see Luke Combs at all, mate? I actually went out to the Tillies the night I was meant to. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I jumped ship, went to the Tillies. Yeah, I yeah. fucking. 
I regret it. No, I don't regret it. I don't regret it. But, but Coombsy, mate, he's yeah. a goat. I, he is, yeah. I sometimes put him in the ears and spend two hours just so I can float. Love yeah. that. Love that. <laughs> that very good. Well, thank you for listening to this very inspiring episode of When We Grow Up. Make sure you're – Getting a hold of Ned's book when it goes on sale. Uh, it's called Showing Up. It'll be on I shelves. will be. Yep, yeah, I sure will be too. Get into it. Make sure you're hitting subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow us on Instagram at When We Grow Up Pod. And other than that, we'll catch you next time. This will be hard to beat though. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.